0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You will save. You will save. clock turned off. Calvary. Call. ate the shoot.
1: It's time for Zags Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach
0: on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh
2: wow!
1: Here's Jack Ferris. They Found mold in my apartment. And Rob Sacre.
0: All I was thinking about is like, how do you know which things to use to wipe?
2: Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Sacre. I'm Jack Ferris. Rob, happy um, Valentine's Day three days removed. Nope. Yep. Thank you bud thank you how did, how did you spend your president's day uh, <laughs> fantastic
0: yeah I had a great time great weekend um, dude can you believe what episode is this for us
2: oh I'd have to uh, I, I'm reminded every time I upload one but we're in the late 70s man closing I closing in on a hundo I know
0: and I just wanted to say uh, speaking of like great times I want to say thank you to our fans man they're they're helping us out big time.
2: They are. Yeah. It would be, it would be really sad if we were doing this close to 80 times. And, and we had, you know, like 10 listeners, all of which being Josh Boone, Josh Boone and <laughs> Justin Josh. Owens. Shout out Josh Boone, Josh Boone. We are getting you on the show for, uh, getting, uh, getting the, the, what did he, oh, the manscaped package. That's what he got. He got the us. We appreciate that. Josh, uh, appreciate Adam Stanko today for coming on. Adam and Rob have a phenomenal story that I'm happy to be a little bit of a part of. Uh, you are a part of. Kobe just about a year ago. Adam's a good buddy. He hosts rejecting the screen. Excellent. Uh, all hoops podcast. They do a lot of NBA stuff, but uh, obviously a lot of college hoops as well. Uh, Adam comes on to sing the praises of Jalen Suggs, which it's easy to do right now. Rob, easy to yeah, sing the
0: praises. Everybody's of. rolling right now. It's it's we are we done conference. That's all I need to say.
2: Two got more, more
0: games. Gotcha.
2: St. Mary's at home, San Diego at home, and we are done for maybe a month. Is that how Uh,
0: long the period is going to be? No.
2: Well, the Vegas tournament, the tournament in general, WCC tournament is still very much up in the air. A lot of moving parts. There's word of us going to Ken Palm to decide what the seedings are because we're lucky enough to play our games. A lot of Bay Area teams are way behind schedule-wise and games to make up, and there's just not not enough time for them to get caught up. So we're going to go to Ken Palm. It sounds like if we have a tournament.
0: Yeah, well, I got kids running around in the bathroom. Look.
2: I know kids running around the bathroom. I do have a little bit of good news though for you, Rob. What do you have? Uh, Zag's covered, brother. Did they? again? Zag's covered again. They are now 10 and 9 and 1 against the spread, baby. 10 and 9 and 1. 20 and 0, 10 9 and 1 against the spread. If you were on them this weekend uh, at USF, congratulations. Obviously, you were on betonline.ag. Uh-huh. The best online gambling source for uh, NBA, college hoops, and the NHL. I wasn't sure about it, Rob, because we always seem to struggle on the hilltop. Going all the way back to uh, that was your not era. a struggle. That was not a struggle. One hundred to sixty-one, Zags cruised wire to wire, not an issue. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, Rob. So you know if the partner isn't into college hoops and they're into The Bachelor. Head to betonline.ag if they have a if they have a real hot tip. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Rob. Hey, I just really need to talk about the Bachelor real quick. What do you got?
0: So I just don't understand this whole concept of these women fighting over this one guy. Like that doesn't happen in the real world. Well, they it does, but. At the same time, like it's wild to me that whole concept.
2: I think here's my theory on the thing. In
0: Bachelorette too, I guess.
2: Yeah, if you put one guy and one girl in a room and that's it, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. If you put two girls and one guy, all of a sudden it's a competition, and all of a sudden the girls are a little bit more interested in the guy. And I'm not. That's not a knock on females because it's the same in the other direction too. If you put two guys in a room with one girl there's going to be a competition. As soon as you introduce the element of competition, it's on. No,
0: absolutely. That's
2: why it works. I think why I, have you,
0: have you watched the season? No, I've done not watch that garbage, but I'm just saying like, I'd never understood the whole concept. Like it's just, it's a mind boggling concept to me. Like these women are just going crazy, beating the hell out of each other over this one dude. Granted that happens off shows too. I've seen that happen, but it just that whole my I don't know it just seems wild to me that you just
2: the guy is a very small part of it I think the incentive <laughs> is the longer you're on the more screen time you have the better shot of parlaying your bachelor experience into a career you know gotcha on Instagram or maybe the next season of the Bachelor the Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise gotcha you know? I don't I don't want to say everyone's into that I'm sure some people are in it for the love rob but uh yeah the vast majority for sure like what's the incentive of going on and embarrassing yourself on national tv yeah for like like, your parents to watch and and such
0: he loves me i don't know we're not going down that road anymore we're not anyways
2: yes uh rob we have a new sponsor pal i know isn't that exciting name it (laughs) ebay is our newest sponsor whether rare dead stock or the latest release find the exact shoe you're looking for you looking for shoes, Rob? No, actually.
0: I've been I've been wearing flannels. I've been going hipster. And I've been wearing flannels and it's called <laughs> Dixon. And here's the crazy part about this. You can buy a Dixon flannel and there it's limited. You can buy it for like 50 bucks. But on eBay, they go for like 120, 150, 200 bucks.
2: With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. Wow. How about those syllables in that sentence? First time reading. You're welcome. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Rob already knows this. He gets his shoes from eBay. Why aren't you? Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. And of course, Rob, big news. What do we got? I finally got my Manscaped undies.
0: It's a different world, isn't it?
2: Dude, a couple of people have told me about it. You've you've sung the praises of the Manscaped underwear. You don't realize what you got till it's till it's on your bod, pal. Dude, they're
0: like, I, I, I can't describe it. It's like. You're wearing nothing, but they're like almost like compression shorts at the same time.
2: They look like compression shorts. So when I got it, I was like, oh, they're just compression shorts. Like Rob was like really overselling these. And then you put them on and it's like soft fabric. (laughs) Wild. It's wild. Guess what? If you're jealous of my, you know, my compression short, soft fabric situation, you don't have to be. Go to manscaped.com, use code Zags, Z-A-G-S for 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com. Oh, buddy, I also got the, the weed whacker for the nose hairs. I need to get those. Oh, I bet it's in your box, dude. You oh, still have your box somewhere? Yeah, today? yeah, I got my box. Oh,
0: it's in, the, it's in the... It's the a separate clip. deal. Oh, okay, then I have it for sure. I'm going to go yeah. check that out. Because I don't like the long, one long hair. It's crazy, man. And you're trying to pull it. It's crazy.
2: One long hair is like having bad breath. Forget about it. You're not coming back from that. Correct. You know I mean? Correct. You're not, you're not coming back from that. Go to manscape.com. Use code Zags, Z-A-G-S for 20% off. All right. Rob's got to go deal with his kids. Fortunately, we have Adam Stenko from Rejecting the Screen. From the corner! Adam Stenko, co-host of uh, Rejecting the Screen with Noah Kozlov. Did I pronounce Noah's name correctly? I think so. He sound, <laughs> Noah Kozlov, he sounds like a, like a KGB agent.
1: He does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying he, in, in person or you're saying that name sounds like he's?
2: Uh, no, in person, he's very disarming. In person, he's, he's not terribly uh, intimidating. I'm sorry, the name itself sounds like a, like a KGB. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. His yeah. name's big time. It's a big time name
2: this is not this is not the first podcast uh, adam and rob have done together and i know uh, rob wanted to touch on it a little bit it was kind of a wild story that i don't think we've explained on this pod do you who wants who wants to take it because i feel I'll, like I, i'll take he, the beginning go i'll for take it. the beginning
0: jack told me adam you wanted to do the podcast and i was down and then th- we recorded a podcast that day and i was like jack shit i am sick as a dog dude i don't know if i can be a do this podcast. i swear to god i was like man I do not feel good at all dude just knock it out you'll be able to you'll be able to do it bro just knock it out please you know and i was like all right man I, I'll, I'll knock it out and then we were talking and then shit it blew up who knew
1: bro incredible <laughs> incredible like- so that so so the story goes that it's it's interesting you say that Rob cuz I always thought I was like man I think we pissed off Rob like it, you just sounded down that day I was like all the times I've heard him on sack and jack I was like he he did not sound the same like I don't know did we offend him or something so actually I'm glad to hear that now that makes a lot more sense that that I've heard it but you told you told this incredible you told this incredible story because we asked you about how Kobe Bryant would test would test the manhood and we said you know, we had heard stories about him testing manhood that you had said that before. What did you mean by that? You go into this story about being in practice one day and you said that you were just going to set the meanest screen on him and you tell this great story. So we clip it off, put it out, you know, as you do on social media and and Kobe retweets it. And that was incredible um, when he uh, when he retweeted it. But the thing about it was we were all pumped. Oh, great. My wife's. My wife's uh, <laughs> opening and shutting the garage door. Uh, <laughs> perfect, and now she opens it, shuts it again. It's, it's classic. But we, but we, uh, so anyway, we we put it out there, and Kobe retweets it. We were all pumped that, that Kobe retweeted it. We were we were all excited, and then, um, I mean, obviously, like it was like one of his last tweets ever. It was it, it was it was awful, and and the crazy, the crazier parts of the story is that. In addition to it being like his third to last thing he ever tweeted. So it's amazing. I, I like to say that I'm I'm hoping that he got at least a laugh out of it, you know, before before he passed away, just thinking about his times with you, Rob. But but the crazy part was I think it was Jack talked about, Jack had sent me a text like, Hey, can you believe that that Kobe retweeted that that story? And I think I texted back to Jack, no jokes, texted back to him and said, Yeah how amazing would it be if he doesn't tweet anything ever again? And it just stays at the top of it. Do you remember this? No way. Did you Mm see Adam? That was Mm -hmm. crypt.
2: I remember uh, that. That was so weird. I mean, you just did it in Jess. You were like, what if he just pins it it to his profile and like, that's, and then he like logs off social media forever. Yeah. Sure enough. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you go to Kobe's Twitter feed right now, like Adam said, it's the second or third to last tweet ever. And as Rob was saying earlier, you still get notifications. Of people liking it retweeting it quote tweeting it right every day sure every every
0: single day every single day it's like okay like it's (laughs) it's like uh people and you're and it's incredible to see what people like people must be going back and looking at his twitter feed to this day it's like i said every single day you start getting retweets and likes and all that and you're like wow this i didn't really it's just incredible
1: yeah, it says a lot about his impact and then just that story. And also you get a lot of weird ones where people are posting like weird art, you know, and they're yeah. like, Hey, sell my painting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, that was yeah. That was <laughs> but that's Twitter on the home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Adam Stako Hills from Philadelphia. Did you play Lower yeah. Marion when you were in high school,
1: Adam? No, no. I actually had some some run-ins with my my high school coach. My our high school did. So he was in my district. Sacoby so was in my district. I graduated in 95 and Kobe was class of 96. And we were, we were district one. So district one was made up of Southeastern PA, all the schools that were outside of Philadelphia in Southeastern PA. And what was weird was when he was coming up, like Kobe was like the next big thing, but he wasn't getting like any love from, from the evaluators and the writers in the city because they were like, oh, he's soft. He's a suburbs kid. There's no way he's as good as people are saying he is. Meanwhile, he's fighting with Tim Thomas to be the number one player in the class and all that. And, and the district semifinals um, in 95, and then I think they played again in 96, but it was him against Rip Hamilton's team for, you know, they, Rip Hamilton played for Coatesville And it was a battle and it was it was awesome to watch those guys. And then, of course, they go on later to be the best players on their teams in the finals, which was just nuts to watch these guys battle it out in high school as their best players. And then they they battle in the finals. But, um, yeah, it was it was crazy. I've, I've told people this many times that like Kobe coming from lower Marion, like like people were ripping him for going into the league and like the local city writers and stuff were saying, who does this kid think he is? No guards ever left from high school and gone to the NBA. Because they just didn't think a suburbs kid could do it. Obviously, like the kids from the city, they thought, but they didn't realize how good Kobe was, or what kind of drive he had, or you know, all the intangibles and stuff. And it was just ignorance on their part. And I think that drove him for a long time, actually. So, yeah, it was crazy.
2: 1996, all-time great NBA draft. Speaking of NBA drafts, Adam, mm. who would you take number one overall? I don't you don't have to you don't have to placate Ooh. her. Ooh. You don't cander. No,
1: I'm not, I'm go, I've been going back and forth on this. And I'll tell you what, like, I I don't think there's any weaknesses in Jalen Suggs' game right now. Like, I absolutely love this kid. And and I was watching tape the other day, and one of the things, Rob, I was curious about this from your perspective, playing in the league. Like, great players, perimeter guys, like, they don't look at the guy in front of them. They're defender in front of them. They're looking at where's the help coming from. What's the next play? So, what's the next play? It was so interesting about Suggs. Like the moment that he sees that you haven't, you don't have a help defender ready, he's gone and he blows past his guy. And whether it's he finishes or he has a floater at the baseline or, or whether he just pulls up, um, I, I love that about him. He's also unselfish. He's athletic. He's like slithery, finishes with both hands. I, I mean, and then he defends, um, Obviously he's playing on a really talented team and and that's going to help things, but you look, his numbers are really comparable to Russell Westbrook's his sophomore year at UCLA. And it was all about the eye test. And you could tell like just watching the kid, he's different. Um, I love Cade Cunningham too. I really do. That kid plays at his own pace and has great size point guard position. I think both are going to be stars in the league, but I think they're both campus miss guys. Evan Mobley obviously too is going to develop into a star. So I think you got three tier one guys, but. I, I don't know. I'd be afraid to miss on Jalen Suggs. I'm coming back more and more to this kid. I just there's the it factor he has that I just don't see from from rarely in prospects.
0: I'm just thinking of teams that would. You kind of have to put it. It's really also based on the team you go to to be successful. You know, like yeah. Like if he goes to Detroit, I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs>
2: you know. All right. Yeah. So so Adam, teams with a shot at Jalen. What is the worst case scenario right now for Jalen?
1: I mean, let me let me take a look at a giraffe board right now. So you figure at the top of the board is going to be, I mean, we'll still see how it shakes out, right? But you're looking at like Pistons, T-Wolves, um, uh, Wizards. Um, I would say worst case scenario. I, I mean, obviously the Pistons. You're right. I mean, nobody wants to be in Detroit right now. Although they're they're trying to look at building, you know, a young core. They got Sadiq Bay and a, uh, a Stewart there um they they've got a lot of like this young talent that they're trying to to develop with Troy Weaver run things over there um honestly the one to me that's like the worst situation is is the Wizards and I mean granted you get a chance to play with Bradley Beal who's just killing it this year but I I don't know that organization they're terrible I I don't know they are so bad it's
0: I feel bad for (laughs) Rui on that team right now because I don't know where he you know, like he's such a good guy, and he he to me is a winner. But just in that organization of where he's at, he doesn't fit the mold of what's going on right now on that team. I feel yeah. bad for him. It's it's oh, it's terrible to watch.
1: And, and Rob, Rob, when you were when when you were playing, like I, I've been so fascinated in talking to guys that played uh um for a stretch in the NBA about the difference in organizations, and I don't think the casual fan knows about it. They think that every NBA team is run the same way. They're from top to bottom, the level of professionalism, how they treat the players. Yeah, all when that you're in the show, stuff. you're in the show. Yeah. But obviously like the Lakers are like upper echelon. You're talking about the Spurs. Like it's just a different type of organization. Did you, I'm just curious, Rob, did you have stories when you were like about yeah, guys? Did, that, oh,
0: you'd, you'd hear guys talk about like Minnesota. I don't know if they, I think they just got a new practice facility. But for the longest time, they were, they were practicing out of a lifetime fitness center. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, you go from that organization to having like, and then you go to like the Clippers and they have a state-of-the-art practice facility. Like it's in Culver city. It's, it's beautiful. You
2: know, every steam. Oh, I forgot to ask this, Rob. So during the summer, there was a rumor that the Lakers were practicing at this dude who, in his backyard, he yes. has a Staples Center. Mr. Did you Jackson. ever play there? I Mr. Know, Jackson.
0: Yeah. Uh, n- no, I never went there, but it looks identical to Staples Center. Like, everything. Sp- spot on. Uh, but I know guys who have worked out there, and he, like, loved that. He ate it up. He would sit at courtside, like, at half court. He's a bigger fella, and you can't oh, okay. miss him. And like he, he was all about guys working out at his place.
2: <laughs> I'm going to clip that off. That's how I'm going to describe Adam Stanko. Uh, Adam, it's, it's funny you say the wizard. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, because on your pod, you said Jalen was one of the most athletic point guards you've seen in quite some time. But he uh-huh. plays within himself. He doesn't play out of control. Whereas when you think athletic point guards, you think Russell, and you know the downside of Russell is oftentimes he can get out of control. Uh, so I like you making that comparison best case scenario
1: for For where he goes
2: organization wise. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Um, That's a great question. Uh, I would say, well, the thing is a team would have to move up to get him. Sure. I would say. So we'd be looking at a situation like that. And what's wild is you look at the lottery teams and they all have these like young point guards. Um, I would say, Man, it would have to be somebody that's not in the lottery, or, you know, potentially right now. Well, yeah, somebody I, that can, moves up the
0: I would say OKC.
1: Mm. I like that. I, I like. I, and the fact, I'll tell you this about Suggs, and this is why Like, I'm thinking the only reason I would say I was hesitant on OKC is because Gilgis Alexander's there. But I think about the fact that, like, Suggs can play, he can play both. Both those guys can play sort of that combo guard where you can shift them off the ball And he get attacked from the wing too. It doesn't. You can play both at the same time. And nowadays, you know, teams can play two two lead guards essentially. And still, as long as the two guys can figure it out, like Kyrie saying to Harden, "Hey, you're the point guard of this team." As long as the two guys can agree on that, like you can't have enough like lead guards. I think. Okay. Do do
0: I I can't disagree with that. Here's my question: Do you think Drew Timmy Mm. is an NBA player?
1: Not yet. Not yet. I think he's awfully close. You know, it's crazy. Here's the thing. People ask about all these guys that are like, that are like, I mean, I really love his game and he's an awesome college player and he's awesome in the post. Like nobody can stop him when he's, when he's got his back to the basket. But obviously, as you know, Rob, like teams just aren't doing that anymore.
0: I I think he's an NBA player because he does have range. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I'll tell you this, like I I get asked like about all these guys, like Luba Garza, or this kid Hunter Dickinson, the big man from Michigan. Luke
0: guards he, as much as he scores. He's not an. He's not what the NBA is anymore.
1: Yeah, like so. So it's crazy because you have to be able to shoot now. And the other thing is, you know, like the five man, like guys, teams are playing four out, and the five man needs to be somebody who can who can switch defensively. And also, like if they're going to play, like so, typically teams now are going like, look, we want to be able to play wings and guards and all that, and then our five is somebody who can rim run and they block shots. And protect the paint for us, cover up mistakes, but they can also switch on perimeter guys because everybody's pick and roll now. Well, like I look at Timmy, and like the issue becomes, okay, well, is he going to be able to defend consistently? Maybe he can defend okay on, on his position, but the problem is, like, is he going to protect the rim? Or you, you're not even going to be able to play him at the five. You play him at a four. Is he consistently hitting shots better than other prospects that you could bring in? But the one positive I'll say is, and this is where I really like about him: a, he can shoot, like you said, and b. I, always, I also say, like, somebody's got to defend him, too. So any issues he's going to have defensively, like on the other end, like you have to mess with his footwork then on the other end of the floor, and he's causing problems for defenders, you know, when he gets them on the block. So I think he can play in the league. It's going to be, again, right organization, right fit. I would say give me another year with the kid, though, and uh, as he develops his handles some, he can start to play a little more four. He can play out some more. That shot develops even more. And even as you know, you can you can work on your athleticism. some. You can work on some of your, your footwork. I mean, your uh, foot speed and, and your quickness. I think, I think a year from now, I would much much prefer him as a prospect rather than where he is like right at this moment.
2: Adam's other gig is with the Pac-12, and I'm interested, Adam, if you were to do a draft, a talent draft right now with just the Pac-12 teams and Gonzaga, how mm-hmm. many zags are in your top 10?
1: Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um,
2: because I know, you're, I know you're a Corey guy but who is it yeah. in fairness to you who it? yes yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because <laughs> of you jack i'm not a Corey guy because of you i'm not adam, a Corey i don't boy. want to put adam on blast but adam will text me on the side just about Corey kisser uh,
1: and forget all my ability well here's the thing jack you know i don't like headbands though so that's like and that's but you like that's, Timmy? timmy's got that against yeah. him too so that's my other knock against both those guys no offense if they're listening i'm just not a headband guy myself you know what i mean that um
0: white boys with I, headbands don't work let's that's just call not it what it
1: is no, that's funny adam
2: because you. you have such good salad you think you'd want to protect that
1: yeah well you don't yeah. need it that's the thing you don't need a headband even you know my hair now it's not gonna get it's not gonna get in my eyes it's like relax guys it's, it's okay the uh and plus that you know once in a while the cool slick back thing that uh <laughs> ammo used to do and pull it back on himself um i would say right now <laughs> you're probably looking at let's see you're probably out of the top 10, you're probably looking at like four or five zags that would make the top 10 right now. If you drafted Gonzaga players and Pac-12 guys, because Evan Mobley is fighting with Jalen Suggs to be the number one pick just overall in the draft. Never mind those qualifications. And then you go beyond that, and they're just like, there's certain guys to like in the the Pac-12 right now. Like McKinley Wright from Colorado is a a real talented kid. Um, Oregon doesn't have their typical... um, they're typical guys. Um, man, I, I'm telling you, like, it'd be crazy. There's like four players. There's this kid. Um, a, um, oh, man, I'm going to butcher his name. F.A. I can't believe I can't remember his last name. Um, but uh, F.A., the, the freshman from Washington State, who's going to be a, a pro. The kid's raw, but he's, he's super talented. Uh, there's there's four or five guys right now in the Pac-12 that are going to get a chance to um, to play in the league. But, Beyond that, like Gonzaga's roster right now is so loaded. Like I, I I'll, I'll tell you the other thing. Like I don't know that any team is going to come close to beating them in the in the tournament. Um, anything can happen, as you guys know. But man, this team is so loaded. Do you think it's? Do you think this is the best Gonzaga team? Yes,
2: I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm guilty of being hyperbolic a lot. I'm definitely guilty of being <laughs> a victim of the moment, prisoner of the moment. But statistically, how do you not think this is the best team ever?
0: They, yeah. And they've played every style. That's my argument. They've seen every style of basketball throughout this whole season, and they've they've competed.
1: It's such they, a good point.
0: They've yeah. competed and won every. Like, it's not like they haven't seen. They've seen bombs all. It's not like they have a St. Mary's schedule and like they're just yeah. rolling through teams. No, they saw like West Virginia and. And Tennessee, Kansas. Or, or not Tennessee, but Kansas. And they're willing to see anybody in the cut mm-hmm. Virginia, you know? So I just don't see, I really don't see anybody and all the other high marquee prestigious teams in the country. They're struggling. I don't know. Yep. I don't know what their deal is, uh, but they're struggling right now. And I just, I don't see anybody who can beat them. Really? It's up to us. Really? It's all yeah. on us. Yeah.
1: That's the big one to me. Like I look at, um, I look at these other teams, and part of the reason I think I was just asked about this, and I think part of the reason that some of the other top those blue bloods are are losing is because normally, even in their down years, their home court advantage allows them to cover up for stuff. And that's been the remarkable part about Gonzaga is like they're rolling no matter what. It's almost like anytime, any place, anywhere, we're good. Like let's go. And and you know when you look at the tournament, it's always I, I got these keys to NCAA tournament success. You need a rim protector. You need um, a go-to scorer who's going to get you a bucket in a critical situation. Uh, you need high-quality point guard play, usually an NBA point guard, every team that wins a national championship. And sometimes their stock gets elevated because they won a national championship. Oh, but still, you need that. Um, and then the other one is that almost every team that's won a championship, I mean, you basically go back to Syracuse, and there's, there's two teams that, are, that really didn't follow this, and that was UConn when Kemba led them on their magical run. Um, and then Syracuse back in 2003 but every team since then has essentially had four future NBA players and you look around at the other top tier teams and like I don't know that many are going to be able to match the amount of NBA talent that Gonzaga has because you need guys when somebody's having an off night and all of a sudden you know Timmy's not not scoring or Suggs is struggling like who else is stepping up and you think about all the other guys that Gonzaga has with and and um, your guy Corey and and everybody else like it's it's uh it's just so many weapons perimeter oriented shooting post play like oh this team is stacked man it's unbelievable mm-hmm.
2: I might be more of an ayayi guy than a Kispert guy Oof. truth oh. be told joel is the man Another joel bro. is the
1: man okay uh, i got to go, go back ahead. to the pack 12
0: real quick
2: here we go yeah go oh i think i know where this is going rob oh it's a feeble
0: conference now okay what happened to the pac 12 and is it ever going to come back to where it was the pac 10 and you had seven teams going into the tournament
1: bro it's such a good question it's it's really been a struggle like the last two years right so that so pac 12 hasn't won a national championship since arizona 97. in 97 um ucla won it in 95. the Last final four team was that Oregon team a few years ago when Peyton Pritchard was a freshman. And that team was stacked. I mean, you think about all the guys that Oregon's had some some teams when you think about it that are real pros. I mean, they've
0: always had teams though. oregon they, they've been great forever. I feel.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, but you look at last last two years, right? Like just the pros that have that have produced. I mean, Peyton Pritchard's playing great now, but like Dylan Brooks, Chris Boucher – um, bull bull comes out of that program like it's it it's remarkable like some of the talent that 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 program has produced and a a bunch of NBA guys UCLA under Alford I think was down that like UCLA's brand was down I think Mick Cronin's rising that program back up Chris Smith got hurt this year so that killed them this year I think Arizona State brought in a a sick recruiting class with Bagley and Josh Christopher they expected to be awesome with Remy Martin and they just haven't they've had a bunch of like guys out for different reasons and stuff. I think that team would have been, I, I don't know, maybe a top 10 team, but at least a top 20 team in the country had things gone differently because they just haven't had their their full complement of players for most of the season. Um USC's had some talent come out of that program. They've risen in the last few years. But I think the biggest thing for the Pac 12 is like there just hasn't been these like nationally dominant programs over the last few years. Arizona with I think all the off the court stuff, I think that's somewhat hurt them. Um and they haven't lived up to, I think, what Arizona could be. And so I think without like that one national team that's that's killing it every year, it sort of covers up for everybody else when they're down. And so that would be my my main answer. I mean, look, there's Dana Altman's a really great coach. I like Tab Boyle's done a good job at Colorado. Um, but I think it's almost like you need that one program that's going to lift everybody else up. And other than Oregon and that one Final Four run, I just haven't seen it. And I think... The other thing is, um, I don't know, I would ma- also make this argument. Like Gonzaga's been the most dominant team out west. Absolutely. And, like, and I and I think the thing is like that hurts them too. Like, where are those other teams that are just amassing this incredible collection of, of talent? You would think that that it would come from the Pac-12. And then I also think, look, as a guy that grew up, you know, on the East Coast, like, you know, this certain level of toughness and stuff. I think the other part is that there's a lot of ticky tack fouls I feel like are called during the regular season, not knocking the refs, but it's just the style of play out West. You know, it's more finesse, all that kind of stuff. You see in the high school ball. That's out West. such
2: a, that's such an East coast nineties. No, but it's say. You know, <laughs> that is so perfect. Is, a, I, Rob,
1: know, I know, I know, I know, Rob,
2: you
0: can tell, and we've had, I had debates about this with my teammates throughout my whole career playing, you know, where, how guys, where guys are from on how they play easily like if you go and pick up an la cat they're all about like flash showtime getting high buckets don't play any defense and i can name you a list like uh westbrook harden uh nick young uh they just watch these showtime players you go seattle seattle's all one-on-one guys they all have like handles you go new york New York has this kind of like grittiness. They haven't been the same in a long time. Mm-hmm. You go down south throughout like all the SEC area. That's just athleticism. There's there, there is skill, but it's just all athleticism. And then, like, you, I would say the best all around players come out of Chicago.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's some loaded talent coming from Chicago, no doubt. That breakdown was that breakdown is so is so spot on. And and listen, I I, I want to make a bias. shirt. I want to make a shirt
2: with the United States of the regions with oh, verbatim what I Rob said. Just I athleticism love, in the South. <laughs> That's
1: you know, it. Man. He's, he's right. I literally had this conversation with with my guy Earl Watson the other day, and Earl's from Kansas City. Obviously, played at UCLA. Legendary player at UCLA. head coach of the Phoenix Suns, all that. He's had AU programs, L.A. area, all that kind of stuff. And Earl and I were talking. He said the other day, he goes, look, certain guys, just even based upon where they're from, you have to coach them differently. He goes, you can – a Midwest kid or a Northeast kid, you can curse at them. You can talk to them a certain way, and you can motivate them that way. But like an L.A. kid, they're too pretty for that. Yeah,
0: no, they'll, they'll fold quick if you yell at them a different way. LA cats are different on that. They do. They cannot take criticism in a certain way. You got to like stroke their ego in a, a different way. It's weird. It's true. It's spot on.
2: Perfect oh, transition, so Adam. Fun. Speaking of coaching, your top yeah. three college basketball coaches active right now. Who would you? Who would be on your? If you were an athletic director at an Arizona, UCLA, one of the one of the top tier programs historically, who would be your your first three phone calls?
1: Okay. So wait, you're saying. Active though, so they got coaching.
2: Yeah, not John Wooden. Okay, okay. I would I but wouldn't I expect say, you to call Coach K right now or Roy Williams. You know, well, active right now if you were in the game right so now. I
1: can't say. It. My point is, can I, can I call John Beeline? That's my that's my. Point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess you could.
1: Not... You okay. get him for
2: cheap. You get him for cheap right now.
1: I mean, John Beeline can coach, man. That that like at least in college, I would say, Mark Few. Again, I would go, John Beeline, and. I would probably say you know who I love? Kelvin Sampson.
2: Ooh. Wow. No, that's a good I know you call. thought I'd say
1: Izzo or Kay. Or... I
2: thought you were going to go Dana Altman.
1: Look, Dana Altman's a terrific coach. And, look, he gets, he gets freshmen and Juco kids and all that kind of stuff. And, like, six games in, all of a sudden, they're singing Kumbaya and they're acting as though they've been together forever. It's incredible how he builds chemistry. But – but Kelvin Sampson's kids play hard, man. Those kids play so tough. And I look at what guys do to maximize talent and, like, their roster construction. So he's not getting McDonald's All-Americans and everything. And the dude just wins. Like, he can coach his tail off, man. Calvin Sampson would be my other one. So I'd say Mark Few, Beeline, and, and, and Kelvin Sampson would be my top three right now.
2: What a wild list. Okay. I did not see that coming. I mean, I was just fishing for a Mark Few compliment, but we got, we got more than I bargained for there.
1: Oh, did you want, did you want Mark Few, Mark Few, Mark Few? What I thought, was I, thought I, I
2: was just throwing breadcrumbs out. I thought you were going to get there naturally, but uh, we got into yeah. Calvin Sampson, which is much more interesting.
1: Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. Adam Stanko rejecting the screen. You can find it on uh, Twitter. Are you guys on Instagram, Adam?
1: Sometimes, oh. sometimes.
2: Actually, that brings up a question I have for Rob. Rob, would you get offended when certain guards would reject your screens? When they would go the other way, Mm. Mm. certain guards. I mean, Kobe Kobe could do what he wanted, but certain guards. Would you be like, are you serious, man? Um, no.
0: In the fact, unless they had to, they had to prove that they could get to the hoop. Then, you know, if they didn't use my screen, they better get to the hoop. But at the same time, after I've set that one screen, I know that the guard that who's guarding them would be afraid of that so he he's more focused on the screen happening that it you know he usually gives a line drive right to the hoop
1: Mm, I like that I Rob can I can I ask your screen question okay when you (laughs) when when you set one of those screens where the guy just falls back and can't say anything just falls to the ground just got basically pancaked like what do you say to him Cause it's just both of you guys, like top of the key. Typically, like the, the other, the other two have already tried to move on. There's to nothing
0: to growing. say. I've proved my point. I remember I, I set a screen on Kyle Lowry, and he was so bitter about it. He was talking crazy. I'm like, man, just shut up. Just go play, bro. I ain't got time for this. You know, <laughs> I ain't got time for this. What was the screen you were most proud of? Um, I can't even think of one. I just, I know sometimes it just. I'm going to set it up and I'm going to hit this dude and maybe I'm going to get a foul out of it, but I'm going to set the tone real early. Like, Hey, don't mess with me. Did you, did
1: it. you say that question, Jack, because of my, uh, my, my Twitter bio? Is that why you asked that question?
2: No. What's in your Twitter bio? Is that, your...
1: Oh, cause my Twitter bio is that I'm most proud of the fact that Chris Mullen once praised me for slipping a screen. So oh. we were speaking of, uh, like LA fitness type workout places. I'm at, <laughs> Working at I'm working at ESPN and this dude Greg Pike who used to produce inside the NBA. He now he was he was doing some producing down in the in the bubble. Great dude, but did some uh, a lot of ESPN producing, the NBA shows and stuff too. But Piker uh calls me one day. I'm I'm at home. It's like afternoon, I'm just hanging out. I think it was an off day for me. And he calls me and goes, Hey, I'm going over to uh LA Fitness. Chris Mullen and John Barry want to get a run in. Do you want to come? And I like I did that thing where you like that cartoon move where it's like, you run so fast, like feathers are popping out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like behind you jump in the car, like drive over to LA fitness and literally on a side court, it just like LA fitness. We played two on two and Piker could really, really go. He was area player of the year down in, down in Florida, but he, um, the four of us played, played two on two. And um, yeah, it was my like to play with a dream teamer. I mean, it was unbelievable. And John Barry is a great shooter in his own right, but like Chris Mullen, yeah. like one of my heroes. That what was were the incredible. Teams? Uh, I got matched up with Mully, and, um, and we lost the first game. <laughs> 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 I, that's the one question I was hoping you weren't going to ask me. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I slipped a screen. Literally, I, like I set a screen for Mully and then just slipped it. And then he hit me with one of those like Chris Mullen passes, and I made the layup, and he's like, oh, look at you. Like, yeah, this kid knows how to play. And meanwhile, I'm like 38 years old or something at the time, and I'm, you know, and I was like, and I was like on cloud nine, it was like the greatest moment of my life, man. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. But anyway, so yeah, fine moment. That's why I thought you asked. Why are you most proud? What screen are you most proud of? Like I just, I thought that's why you brought that up.
2: Oh, good for you, Adam. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for yeah. slipping that screen. So yeah. much screen talk on today's episode. Good stuff. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, Adam Sanko, as I mentioned, find him on Twitter. Uh, Noah Kozlov, rejecting the screen. Press the subscribe button. Adam, thanks for your time, buddy.
1: Yeah, bro. And uh thanks. and Rob, thank you for uh, powering through while you were sick on, on our podcast. I am so grateful, man. Now hearing that story, you are a trooper and I'm uh, eternally grateful. For, uh, I think Jack uh, we'll man. Be forever be linked. We'll yeah. forever be linked. Man. Amen. Amen. Well,
2: yeah, Adam was like, What day is he good? And I asked Rob and Rob said you know, this day. And Rob and I did the podcast Rob was like, dude, can you tell your guy I can't do it today? I'm like, I'm, I was like, I really don't want to have to make that phone call, Rob. Can you just do it? That's pretty much what it was. And Rob was like, thank you, so Jack. Rob was doing me a favor.
1: So thank you, Jack. Thank yeah, you. basically, thank Jack for that. Yeah. All right, fellas. From the corner, and it's over.
0: Gonzaga, the slipper still fits.
1: Thank you for listening
2: to Believe.